All right, count us down, Chief. Count us down from five. <laughs> All right, five, four, three, two, one. Hello, and everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the We Got Us podcast. This is episode number 18, and I'm proud to have the first ever repeat guest ever in the brief infancy and history of the podcast, Mr. Brandon Brock. How are you today, sir? I'm great. Thanks. It Honestly, an honor and a privilege to be the first repeat guest yes, on the podcast. Happy to have you back, man. Um, the reason that we are having this as a repeat guest is every, we're recording this on Friday, December the 18th. Around every Christmas time since Brandon left Richmond, British Columbia for Waterloo, it was 2015 or 2016? Uh, I left in the summer, summer of 2013. Holy smokes. Okay. Way longer than that. My bad. <laughs> but Long time every, ago. That's yeah, a whole generation. Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every single Christmas time or holidays, to be politically correct, Brandon and I just do a brain dump at around this time. We usually go for, we usually go for sushi or do something that's in person, but due to the times we're living through this extraordinary times we're living through this year, we decided just to run it back on the podcast because we have to, so it feels obligatory to have this catch up anyways. So um, yeah, Brandon and I both like, in 2018 and 2019, Brandon and I interviewed each other on each other's podcast. And today we'll kind of be like, a, for those of you guys who are familiar with hip hop, it'll be kind of be like a, a Drake and Future situation where it's a collaboration album, but at the same time, it's more, this will be more of a conversation than the usual, just straight interview style. So Mr. Brandon, this time last year, we were sitting at the West Richmond Community Center gym for, I believe, episode six, holy smokes. And my first question to you was, I asked what basketball represents to you. So this year, you've had a new role with an organization called um, Free Play for Kids, correct? Free Play for Kids, yeah. With that new role, and just the breadth of experiences you've accumulated this past year, how would you answer that? What does basketball mean to you now? I mean, I, I, if I remember correctly, um, I think I originally said basketball is opportunity. Um, and I still feel so strongly about that. Um, it's been honestly refreshing to be in kind of a new role. And I'll explain the organization a little bit, but basically free play for kids is a, we're now a registered charity. And our whole goal is to provide access um, through sport to heavily marginalized populations. So, um, you know, really focusing on kids who are either new to Canada, right, have moved here and um, immigrated within the last five years. Uh, we're looking for kids who come from families who, you know, either don't have the opportunity to play or don't have um, the money or aren't of the economic situation where they can afford to play. Um, and our, you know, our whole emphasis is we're really trying to grow individuals and not athletes. Um, but through the vehicle of, in my case, basketball, and this to me is like the entire epitome of what I think sport should be. And it's so refreshing to be in a not-for-profit charity context where, you know, the emphasis is not on winning games. The emphasis is not on development. The emphasis is not on, um, you know, how many threes you can make or what your free throw shooting percentage is or how fast you can run. Yeah, like we care about basketball and development, but the goal is like we can use basketball as a vehicle to deliver skills like time management, leadership. Um, we were talking just yesterday's session about self-talk and imagery. Um, we've done goal setting. We've done you know, countless number of things we're working on resumes and it's, you know, I think a lot of times I'm kind of rambling here, but I think a lot of times sport is, there's this assumed, um, there's this, there's this assumed assumption that just by participating in sport, you're going to get these things, but it's not true, right? Like just by showing up on a team, you're not all of a sudden going to be a better leader. It's these intentional actions, um, that we're trying to make that are really trying to emphasize these skills. Um, whether or not it's getting through on the other end is maybe a different conversation, but um, it's just been amazing 
to be in this role and kind of reframe my view on basketball. Because as we've talked about in the past, like the last six years, I've been so heavily focused in high performance, right? I've had opportunities to work provincial programs. I've had opportunities to work, you know, high level on the club side. I've coached university. I've coached professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in those contexts, it's all about winning. It's all about winning. Um, so it, it is refreshing to be back in a space where, yeah, we care about what you are like as a human being. We understand that you're not going to play professional basketball and that's okay, but it's those skills that you get from this experience that are going to give you that opportunity. Um, and that's why I still feel so strongly that mm-hmm. sport basketball specifically provides opportunities, right? You're going to meet new people. You're going to get new skills and it's going to allow you to have, you know, the word that we're using is access um to other things that you may not have had access to in the past um and sport is a vehicle for that and that's why i think it's so powerful that's awesome and it's almost as if the whole time you're describing that i'm like you're starting life is coming full circle because when we both started when we first met it was through basketball in a recreation setting with richmond youth basketball league and SummerSlam basketball league and that was the whole premise is to provide opportunity and access to all athletes and not just the very elite level to participate in the sport. Right. And so I think it's super cool that you've come full circle in the sense, and I'm excited to see where you continue to go with that. Where do you, as a coach and as a, as a leader of future leaders though, how have you altered your communication or leadership style when you, when you come from, when you coach Alberta, University of Alberta as the assistant coach at the provincial team versus this role as the athletic director is it or sorry what's the I think like the official title is technical director but yeah 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 technical director at free play for kids like how do you the avatar of the Brandon Brock externally is still the same but how you show up internally is does that vary at all um yeah to a to a pretty big extent I would say um in the high performance side you know the entire conversation is always focused around them as an athlete, right? Which is, you know, now that I've had time to reflect and really re-immerse myself in um, more of a community-based grassroots development uh, space, it's really too bad. Like our conversations at the high performance level don't revolve more around them as a, as a human um, or them as a leader, um, them as a student, because, you know, all those areas are also going to help them as an athlete. It's just the nature of the environment, right? Um, but with free play for kids, you know, it's rarely, our, our conversations are rarely about them as athletes, mm-hmm. right? It's so much more about them as individuals and how um, those skills, you know, our quote unquote life skills or that social emotional learning piece um, is going to impact them as an athlete first. Mm-hmm. And our conversations are so much more around communication and challenging ideas and advocating for yourself, mm-hmm. um, which will then in turn make them better athletes. During this time where it's kind of this year has been void of or deprived of good news at a high level. Can you share one of those conversations where you've had with a young athlete and a human that has really stuck with you that you're like, wow, I made a difference to this person on a fundamental human level. And he was able, he or she was able to get this skill like without breaching confidentiality. Hmm. Yeah. One of the examples that has really stuck with me, it happened early on. So we, you know, given the nature of what's happening in the world, a lot of our programming has gone to online and we work with elementary school kids every day. Um, they come onto our zoom sessions. They can come and play basketball, just hang out for an hour. It's so much fun, but Every time we hold a session, we're intentional about teaching a social emotional learning skill uh, or social emotional skill and doing social emotional learning. Uh, One of the weeks we focused on, I think it was a Friday session. Our emphasis was on giving compliments, right? Just the simple act of recognizing someone for doing something, um, acknowledging that, and then, you know, complimenting them on their behavior uh, or whatever it was that they did. And, uh, Fast forward, so that was a Friday session. Fast forward to the Monday session, we played a game of 
coach says, which is like our version of Simon says, Mm -hmm. and we'll do like, okay, coach says do ball wraps or jumping jacks. And then we'll hand it over to the kids and they can then make the rules. And uh, we handed it over to the kids. And the first thing that the kids said, he said, coach says, give everyone a compliment. Wow. And to me, like, we didn't, we didn't ask them to do it. We didn't ask them to say, okay, Hey, like during our session today, we're going to focus on those social emotional skills that we've been talking about. It was a completely basketball environment. And, you know, they had decided to say, Hey, like, I want to give compliments. Mm. Um, like, let's give everybody compliments. And uh, that to me was like, wow, that's boom. All of a sudden what we've been talking about is hitting home and they're using it. To me, that's evidence of transfer, which is the whole idea, right? We're trying to get them to learn um, skills and be exposed to different ideas that then they apply to other settings, you know, yeah. in school or at home or whatever. So that to me was like, yeah. so cool. You're like, Sorry to cut you off there. I feel like all people need to take that course or just to have that session. Like, like uh, before hopping on to the record portion of this, we're having a little entry, but we're entry conversation. And uh, we're just saying how, how rare it is to, or how much the, the ratio of criticism versus compliments is outweighed in this world. Like yeah. it's so easy for like, let's go to a restaurant, for example. Like when's the last time you've seen or heard someone be like hey can I speak to your manager and the the assumption made there is always oh okay this person has to complain <laughs> like it's never be like oh hey actually like Rachel did a great job with our table today yeah it takes the same amount of energy to articulate something nice and kind and with humanity as it takes to be like hey there was one strand of hair on my <laughs> on my cheesecake yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because we were as coaches. So it's, it's myself. Uh, and then I've hired three other awesome coaches mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking about, you know, we talked about all these lesson plans beforehand and we were talking about the lear- social emotional learning piece that day of giving compliments. And the coaches were like, wow, like I'm not even sure I know how to give proper compliments. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just such a great reminder that, yeah, a lot of the, like, my coaches are phenomenal athletes. They played basketball for a long time at really high levels, coached to high levels. And I think to me, that was like, wow, that's another example of like, yeah, these things don't happen just because you're in sport. Mm-hmm. It's such a huge assumption that you're just going to become a better person by being in sport. Mm-hmm. And you don't, right? It's, it has to come through these intentional actions from an organization or from a coach or from someone in a leadership position to actually bring home these values otherwise it's left on the field that's how i feel anyways i don't know if there's really much science to support that but definitely i think psychologically there is no there's no change well change begins with awareness if you can insert x person can go through all of life without and i think for me that's where education is the most powerful is like bring awareness to different issues and what yeah. social media and the the good parts of the internet can be bring awareness to things like recently like the black lives matter protest um movement or the the um or the indian farmers protest that's been happening recently right like that's where if you're never brought if you're if your mind's not aware of some how are you supposed to change and i think like one of the things that for my space as a as one of the leaders of modern masculinity is like to really break down that barrier and be like, Hey, as boys and men, it's, it's cool. And you're, you're safe to express your love, express your admiration, express compliments all the time, because you just don't know. Like I think Kobe Bryant's death really fundamentally changed me earlier in the year. And and one of the things that I've taken away is like, you don't know, you just don't know when the last time you're going to see or talk to someone is. So if it's, if as, environmentally appropriate as as it's possible express how you feel and you can show that through all we listen all five love languages which we alluded to uh, in episode x on the tsi <laughs> two years ago <laughs> uh shifting gears a bit something else you said last year at west richmond that really struck stuck with me was at the university level we're teaching athletes to solve problems right mm-hmm. with the pandemic representing one of the biggest problems for experiential based things 
going to the restaurant, going to Disneyland, as I know that you love playing basketball and coaching basketball, right? This is probably the biggest problem that's in-person activities has ever encountered. So what type of problems have you, has, have you faced this year as a coach and how have you generated solutions? I mean, I think, you know, from a basketball sense, the biggest problem has been, how do I play? How do I train? Where do I train? What can I do? Because, you know, up until now, everyone's been so fortunate to be able to show up to a gym, you know, really whenever they want. Um, There's basketball programming all the time. There's drop-in basketball all the time. Uh, If you're playing at a high level, you have access to facilities and there's, you know, for our university team, for example, we practice every day, play on the weekends. It's the same thing all year round. And then all of a sudden to have this massive interruption into what we're so used to being able to do. It's so strange. And I think, you know, in touching on our earlier conversation about teaching athletes and people to solve problems rather than providing them with solutions, um, puts them in a better understanding and headspace for like, okay, this is just another challenge, another set of constraints that I, I'm just going to have to interact with mm-hmm. and overcome. Right. So now all of a sudden we're working with athletes at home and they're finding more peace doing individual training. Mm-hmm. Um, they're finding solutions of how to train without equipment and how to train without basketballs. Yeah. It's, I was having a conversation with an athlete and a parent the other day. And I was like, this is an awesome opportunity to start working on your body right now all of a sudden it's not that you can't play basketball it's you get to do something different no because the situation affords this um and this is a a great opportunity for people to develop in different ways so like that was our biggest challenge moving forward was how do how do i play yeah that's one piece and another piece i wanted to to touch on as well is take me to the room if you guys were all in the room that day because at the University of Alberta, the, the varsity men and women's program, did, you guys don't get to play at all. Mm-hmm. So take me to that day when you had to break the news to the respective players. Like, how did you deliver it? And how have you, and what was like the, what was the succession plan on keeping people motivated, athletes motivated for usually like people train for, yeah, we, we got a game on Saturday, therefore I'm going to put them on X amount of reps but when there's no end in sight until, I guess, next October, how do you keep someone motivated as a, as a coach? Yeah, I, I think at the time, because uh, what you were alluding to was our season. Uh, well, maybe I'll back up. Yep. We had decided, or I can't remember the date, but it was early in the fall. It might have even been in the summertime. Uh, and by we, I mean the athletics department had decided that they were going to basically postpone and cancel all of the varsity sports for the fall and winter terms. I'm probably missing up a couple details, um, but that was basically the idea. And then we obviously had to turn around and convey that information um, to the athletes. We did it on a Google meets call, brought everyone in together. And at the time there was just so much unknown. And the only thing we could do was say, Hey, these are the facts. And these are now our new opportunities to train. Um, and it was just continuing to provide options and provide assurance that like, we're in this together. We're going to overcome this together. We're all here to support one another. Right. Um, and we're going to continue to work to provide opportunities and find solutions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we did a pretty good job. Eventually we were allowed, um, access to practice. Um, so we were able to get on the court in restricted fashion, um, but we're at least able to train in that sense. And it at least provided with the group, I feel like the energy and cohesion that we needed to keep moving forward. Mm. Um, We've since been re-shut down again. Um, But I think because we've had the opportunity to go through this process as a group and because we were upfront at the beginning and because we were continuing to be, you know, positive and optimistic about the outlook of the program um, and continuing to provide support to one another, it hasn't, you know, I can't speak for the athletes, but uh, it feels like it hasn't been that much of a struggle. They've handled it well. They know what they're doing on their own. Um, And again, for them, a lot of them, this opportunity provides them with more opportunity 
to spend time at school and get their grades in check and knock off classes that they you know wouldn't have had the opportunity to do because they had more time. So it's just reframing the scenario in a way that allows them to have more success. Yeah, for sure. And I think the second shutdown has been, for most people at least, and for me personally, less devastating than the first. Mm. Because repetition is the one of the, the masters of all things. And when the when it came the first time, we just no one in human history, like not maybe there's a person out there who lived through the Spanish flu, but <laughs> nobody in our generation and a couple of gener- even like our parents' generation were have gone through what it's like to not have access to socialization and resources outside of our immediate household. So that was like a super, super hard time. And like me personally, like for I gained like 10 to 15 pounds. I didn't like, as you know, as you and most of the people that listen to the podcast know, I, I love my group fitness and that was suspended for like a good two and a half months. <laughs> and um, you just, your environment's not built for it. Your, your, my brain wasn't wired for it at the time. I've done some rewiring. I've done, I've created different spaces within my own place to accommodate for that in the second shutdown. So even uh, recently there was, as we all saw coming, there was, um, there was that second wave of shutdown with the winter time. Yep. And bar the bar studio got shut down for another like two and a half weeks just to get their policies and procedures in check. But it just felt so much less devastating. You know, if, if someone was, some, if anything were to be taken away again at that level, and we've been through it. And just like with anything else, if you've been through it one time, then not saying that I enjoy <laughs> the lockdown, but it's definitely uh, less challenging, but still challenging to a high degree. Yeah. We had that conversation on uh, the second half of the TSI podcast about sharks and rabbits and, and being in the right environment. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe Graham, by the way, shout to Graham. That that audio or something. But yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, we had a conversation in, within that about adaptability and, mm. you know, how adaptability is not something you just have, right? It's something that takes time to be comfortable with and to learn. And you need to be put into uncomfortable situations. Um, you know, if the second lockdown was something completely different, I think we probably would have been more resilient. Um, because we would have experienced some kind of drastic change already. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to what you're saying, I think it speaks to people's mindset. And now I should say, you know, we can't speak to everybody and can't say that everybody has had an easy time transitioning because, you know, for a lot of people, it's not easy. And for a lot of people, their livelihoods are shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, the way that they live their lives and the way that, you know, the only way that they they've known how, um, has been taken away and that's tough and that's hard. And we, you know, I can't speak to that. Um, but I would say within the space, if we're fortunate enough to be able to make a shift, um, and can have the opportunity to kind of reframe the way that we operate, um, yeah, we'll have a pretty good chance at making it through the rest of this. Yeah. Whatever it is. It also really accelerated some things, right? Like the, we're, we're doing this on zoom and, the proliferation and popularization of remote meetings and the, the shift from in-person learning to remote learning as well as working has, I feel like was always in the cards at some point anyways, but this just accelerated the process tenfold. Oh my gosh. What happened to Skype? Yeah. Shout out to Skype. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys took a major L here. <laughs> this is, this has been the opportunity you've been waiting for that you just zoom, zoom, like you're no button pin. Right out from under them. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, with in the same way that you um, promoted to your athletes that this is a time where you get to do other things, such as if you if you don't get access to the rock and a hoop, you you can't work on the handle on the jumper, but you can work on your body. Have you, with the opportunity that you've been afforded with extra time, have you picked up any uh, interests yourself over the pandemic? better new um i mean i've been playing way too much fifa oh wow getting super into uh european football Uh, i've got my teams i've got my guys uh playing a lot of fifa ultimate team 
Um, but also like highly addicting, by the way, as someone who um, was in that realm seven years ago. Very highly addicting. Um, I would say the other space is being, I don't want to say trapped inside, but being relegated to being inside so much more has made me uh, miss being outside that much mm. more. That's grammatically correct. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just been like super into outdoors and hunting shows and podcasts and like trying to learn more about being outside and being more comfortable in more uncomfortable situations outside because I think it's just made me realize how grateful we are to be in a country where like there's just so much out there uh, and so many great places to be and explore and uh, I mean it was minus 18 here yesterday and the last thing you want to do or last thing I want to do anyways is be outside yeah um, yeah I think it's just like starting to explore that space a little bit more and uh, when we climbing Everest yeah i'm not there yet okay <laughs> give me the jetpack i'll i'll put on my uh, i'll put on my kobe uh hiking boots i'll, I'll call nike we'll design it like we'll, we'll mamba mentality our way through it. <laughs> figure it out maybe maybe one day we'll get to that point but I'm, yeah i'm not there yet yeah baby steps baby steps man that's yeah i don't i i really like you've been into cooking for a while but um yeah like this pandemic has made makeshift chefs out of all of us like i was in a big oh, yeah wasn't a big cook before, but uh, with the templates, an idea that I really love to enjoy is the, or that I apply a lot to my clients and people that I meet is like canvas versus templates. Like a lot of the times we are so obsessed with the idea of this has to be an original thought and we're obsessed with our, our idea being the best in the room, in a meeting, whatever, in a conversation. <laughs> Let's say that's the, Let's say that's the template or sorry, that's the canvas. But then there's so many templates in the world that are afford, afforded, like even if at, in the creative space, when you open Lightroom, when you open, when you open Canva or any of these applications, sometimes it's more efficient to just use a pre-existing template because it's, it's much, and then build off of that template as opposed to being like, I have to do it my way and it has to be, I'm building from the ground up. So I've really, to fully loop that idea, I've been very cognizant of too, and I've been very great, uh, grateful for food delivery food services such as HelloFresh um, to really provide me with the, um, the templates to become, um, let's say, above average cook in this time. <laughs> oh my gosh. We did a, you know, and I did a good food box the other week. It was awesome. Yeah. It's like, you know, to speak to your template thing, you know, the other thing with template based opportunities, it's like so much easier to start. We got mm. three meals that we never would have made on our own, never would have even thought of putting, you know, those flavor combinations together or cooking things in that way. Um, but like you said, the template made it so easy that it was like, how do we resist? Yeah. And uh, it's the, could be the way of the future, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that, uh, the pandemic has taken away but at the same time there's so many things that the pandemic has given um i do want to discuss the future though because we're all about we're very future focused here as uh both as a podcast as a brand and as humans looking forward with the proliferation of the vaccine in the near future mm -hmm. a two-part question what do you a what do you miss most about pre-March life and B, what do you look forward to most when society renormalizes? Um, I mean, I, I mean, the thing I miss most is probably similar for other people. I, I think it's, I just miss being around people, right? <laughs> you know, in a basketball sense, it's like, I miss being in the gym and being on the court and being able to not wear a mask and talk. You know, well, I remember the first camp that I did in the pandemic was a two day shooting camp. And it was the first time that I had to coach with a mask and it totally changed the way I viewed instruction. Right. Because all of a sudden, you know, I work with this idea of like constraints and affordances constraints are like the things that shape our environment, uh, which lead to the affordances that we can do. 
So in coaching with a mask, all of a sudden I'm constrained. I can't project the way that I've been able to project before. I can't stand on the baseline and speak to the entire gym. I have to come and deliver instruction in totally different ways, whether that's through demonstration um, or through, you know, analogies or by being more short or by being more concise. Like it's made me be a different coach. Demonstration wise, you got that part down flat though. I've, I've seen you shoot the three. <laughs> I usually, uh, I'm usually drawing on the athletes to tell me what demonstrations they're at the point where I'm, I'm nowhere near their level of play, but I mean, yeah. it's, it's made me have to do different things, which is great because it's made me a better coach, I think, but I'm also tired of it. So I'm ready to get back. The other thing is like, I just miss being in a classroom, like from a student nerd side, I just miss being in a classroom and being with other people and talking about things. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, you know, as great as talking to somebody over zoom is and, you know, Google meets and through a computer, you don't get the same level of interaction with people because there's always this constant feeling of like being watched. Whereas in person, you know, all of a sudden I can see your entire body. I have more of a sense of your body language and your physical presence within the space. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's so much more for me to be able to read when I'm having a conversation, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, constraints and affordances, yeah. we wouldn't be able to have this conversation right now in a you know non-pandemic world because we wouldn't have even thought about it. Yeah. But the environment is constraining us and giving us the opportunity to do something like this, which is super cool. Yeah. I mean, we're still, we're still making the most of what we have, but I must say though, like it's so, it's hard to generate that same level of engagement and energy. Like even this is probably in the last five episodes I've really had to of this podcast I've had my energy dialed up to 100 just because I'm like okay this, this is the first time I'm meeting this person in x amount of years mm-hmm. or this is the first time I'm meeting any, this person period therefore I got to bring it for the first five minutes like for the for those of us for those of my listeners who are listening to this episode versus one of the five previous episodes they'll, they'll probably notice like a huge dip in energy but that's because I'm comfortable with Brandon. Brandon and I have had whew, probably like close to 95 conversations. <laughs> Therefore, even though we are across the screen, I, I know when it's time to like that read and react offense is ingrained in me at the point through this conversation. Yeah. It's still hard to turn it up to that level. Like because of the, the built in lag of commun- conveying from my end to your end, sometimes not knowing when to interject politely is a challenge, but at the same time, I feel like, yeah, just to, I, I miss that sort of energy of being in a room with someone. But uh, it's also created a, a plethora of opportunity on my end, right? Like the, like on episode 12, I, I interviewed uh, Elena Morau, mm-hmm. vice president of Kobe's book publishing, book publishing company, Granity Studios. And that's, if I had stuck with the original format of being so of that, of that canvas of wanting to be in person, then that's probably like, that's probably episode 150. If we even get there, yeah. Fly down to LA, have a crew <laughs> set this all up, et cetera, et cetera. But then because everyone, the, the affordances that we've been created, that we've been provided of everyone being, having a lot more time at home, I was able to have a fantastic conversation with someone who's, personally worked with my hero so intimately before he passed on episode 11 yeah or episode 11 or 12 which is i feel like i'm going to listen back to that conversation when this podcast gets uh much bigger and i'll be like wow i got to this person that early so so shout out to the pandemic for that yeah and i mean like speaking of adaptability like again you have to make these conscious decisions to be adaptable and find other opportunities and like find other options. So kudos to you to being courageous enough um, to make that happen because, you know, episode 12 or episode 150, you still had to initiate the conversation mm-hmm. with uh, somebody who you idolized or somebody who worked with somebody who idolized and like, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, kudos to you to, to be able to make that happen and pivot in a world where pivoting is hard and it's just so much easier to in be basketball like, and in life. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so easy to just be like, this is hard, you know, yeah. this, it's just so much easier to be like, ah, I'm going to sit in bed and, uh, you know, I'll mail it in today. I'll do it tomorrow. You yeah. know, like the world is against me. The world sucks. 
you know, it's, you know, that's just my built-in excuse for life. So I'm just not going to do anything. It's so easy to do that. Yeah. Uh, it takes courage and it takes energy and effort to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to change the way this is looking and I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. I find that one thing that I've really noticed over this, how long has it been? Nine months is it's, it does become very easy to become complacent. Yeah. And you, it's very, and it's just like basketball, right? Like win streaks and losing streaks. We have to find a way to turn things around. You know, like from a mental health perspective, I could be having a couple of bad days. You know, if we look at, let's look at like, a, let's draw my X and Y diagram here. And if like mood level and energy level and engagement level overall is like here, right? Like, but then like, if I don't do anything about it, like those bad days could, even if that bad day draws down like, 0.2% of a decibel that day. I don't do anything again. Minus 1%. Boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And eventually, if you zoom back out over these nine months, if you don't do anything over that point, if your actions don't reflect your intentions, then what started here, like in March, could be like here in like September. And then like, who knows how much longer this goes for then like Christmas hits. You, if you still feel crummy about life, then you, you can't even see that graph anymore. But at some point, you do have to make that decision to be like, okay, what's that? What's the one? This is something I, I share with my clients all the time. What's the one action you can take that realistically you can take today that will shift that trajectory back up this way, just a little bit, or to even to keep it stagnant? So you, so you, tomorrow you have the opportunity to be like, okay, I can build upon this now. But yeah. so many people want to take this big action, but really no, it's just like, okay, even if it's like something that's like we we've heard this so many times in self help podcast novels and magazines like go to sleep in your if you want to work out the next morning go to sleep in the clothes that you're going to work out in tomorrow so you wake up and you're like that's one less step not saying i've personally done that because <laughs> i i enjoy that uh like just like just like that pre-game you've, you've been to bar with me i really enjoy that whole um ritual of, of, of changing into a different set of clothes like it's game time yeah you know but if it works for other people then and that's what shifted directly, then please do it. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's that, it's the conscious effort of making a change intentionally, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it's hard, man. It's tough, you know? And it takes, it does take a lot of effort to say, you know what, I'm going to do something today. And uh, oftentimes it requires, as you know, like finding a greater purpose, you know, like mm-hmm. how is this really going to benefit me? And if I can't answer that question, I got no chance. Yeah. Right. How do you, how do you answer that question to humanize this conversation a bit? I mean, I, anything I try and do, I mean, it, I was fortunate to learn this lesson a long time ago because I think it was really hammered into me at a young age that like, if I did anything for the money and now I realized the amount of privilege that it takes to be able to just say that, yep. um, but my family has worked hard and they've you know, been able to provide me with a lot of great opportunities. So they put me in a position where I don't need to do things for money. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I can do things that give me joy and give me happiness. And that's why I've been so fortunate to be able to follow basketball mm-hmm. as an opportunity, both, you know, not so much as an athlete, but as a coach. And now as somebody um, in more of like a leadership position within an organization, uh, to be around basketball and to be around sport and to be around people who genuinely care about each other um, mm-hmm. is awesome. That to me brings me so much joy and self-gratification to me. You know, we talked about environment a lot. Like this is my environment. I think this is where I want to be yeah. and where I need to be. It doesn't give me stress. Um, or if it does give me stress, it's good stress because it means that I really care about this. Yeah. You know, we were talking about stress the other day with our, the kids in the program and you know really the only reason we get stressed uh is because we care about it and caring about things is good so we need to reframe the way we view stress um if you're stressed out about something that you don't care about like something's got to change yeah like why is something that you don't care about giving you so much anxiety um for example sorry cut you off for example x like some person comments negatively on your on your instagram photo really doesn't matter so please continue yeah yeah i mean we had a in my opinion 
yeah, earlier on, like somebody had given me some not so constructive criticism about um, some of the things that we were doing and it really hit me. But in my mind, I'm like, this only hits me hard because I care about the quality of my program. And that's a good thing. And I need to view this in a positive light and say that that person's only trying to help me get better. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I dwell on this as like, oh man, like everyone thinks my stuff is bad and like people don't like the way that I do things, then yeah, it's going to bring me down. But ultimately I have to review the way that I see things. And the only reason that I can do that is because I'm in an environment um, that promotes that kind of behavior and kind of thinking. And I'm in an environment that brings me joy and happiness. And I'm in an environment where it doesn't feel like work and I want to be there every day. And I, again, I realize how much privilege I have and just being able to say that and how fortunate I am. Um, but to me, like, that's, that's it for me. Yeah. Like throwback to episode two with my episode two of this podcast with my grade eight homeroom teacher, I think still one of my still a top three episode for me. And it's not, mm-hmm. it's not two or three. All due respect to everyone else. <laughs> just to be able to have 30 minutes alone with my favorite teacher of all time was still everything. But um, yeah, before, before uh, basketball trials in grade eight, I, 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 I had such reverence for him. Like I, I just approached him. I was like, Hey, Mr. Cause like, I'm nervous for trials. And he said, son, don't worry about it because being nervous means you care. And it's just uh, that has stuck with me forever times. And you know, it's something that I continue to, to share with people whenever, like, whenever we have to unpack fear, right? And I think just in, in the same case as your, when you deliver your program and when I build every piece of content that I articulate both in person when we get back to things and over the internet, I think like the, as you grow as a person, negative feedback or slash constructive criticism is inevitable. Yeah. What's important to me is as you level up and as you build yourself, that ratio is still where the good exceeds the bad. Because I mean, Taylor Swift just dropped two bomb albums over over the pandemic. But if you go into your, but if you go into the Instagram comments, there's still going to be some people hating, even though there's a person putting one of the greatest artists of our generation, putting all this darn work for you to have something to get you through quarantine. Two albums when she's never done that before, in a year. No matter how big you get, there's always going to be a certain percent of percentage of haters. But as long as you are keeping that purpose, that larger purpose in mind, you're doing it for the right reasons. You can you can let this stuff fall by the wayside as long as you hear. And you still appreciate all this good, all these good things happening up here for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so unfortunate. Like, like where does that person, any person have to be to want to bring somebody else down? Mm. Like, I just feel bad. I feel bad. Like how unfortunate has their life been where they feel like they need to put their hate onto somebody else. I mean, we're not going to have to dive down that hole, but we can leave it at that. Yeah. I just, uh, and the, the prime example of that is last note on this night because we we're all about love, positivity, depth here at the, at the podcast. But like people who run like troll accounts, right? Like on Twitter, there's yeah. one account behind as a behind that, that replies to every positive Lakers slash LeBron post. And it's just so like I think the account name is like the fraud three and eight in the finals or something, or three and six in the finals. I'm like, yeah. man, like great you have fifty thousand followers and great you get all this engagement on this tweet but you are hiding behind tearing down another man's legacy please show me what you have done today and that's that's all i got to say about (laughs) please show me what you've done (laughs) you've you've made fun of someone else today fantastic yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah it's hard um yeah as both of us are lifelong learners um since uh, you sh- since last time that we chatted at this at this length, what have what's something you've taken away from this year? What's your biggest piece of learning? Um, I think it's just like to have more patience in things. Wow. Wow. Um, I would say at the beginning of the pandemic, I like to think that I was adaptable, but. Um, 
you know, I don't really think I had the resolve and patience to really say, okay, like this is actually a cool opportunity to do something. It was very easy to be negative. Um, when in reality it's as long as I'm doing what I need to do. And as long as I know that I'm doing the best that I can do, I just have to have patience. Like things are going to end up working out, um, in one way or another and opportunities are going to present themselves. And I can't, you know, to a certain extent, make the world change or force things to happen. Um, but as long as I know that I'm doing what I can do within my control and power, um, to have patience that, that things are going to happen. Yeah, that's awesome. I think on my end, the, the piece of learning has been to, you are capable of so much more than you think. Mm. And in the same way that COVID and the pandemic accelerated learning and works and work in the remote space, I think for me, it's really allowed me to A, level up my brand and my business through electronically or remotely, however you want to phrase it. But B, from like a mental health perspective, being, being home all the time, I was open to having more ways of treating my depression and my anxiety. Like for the first time in my life, I've been battling depression for almost a decade now. I was, I decided to check in and be like, okay, I will, I'm going to, because I have more bandwidth to handle the side effects of being on antidepressants for the first time to shift this trajectory. Like I was talking about like the X, Y axis. When I was at the deepest depths of my depression with Kobe passing away, as well as, being locked up without socialization it was it was a hard time right it was for all of us um but yeah i was like okay i'm gonna try this out and like i've heard about the, the side effects and they are scary but um we made our way through that and then as i've as i've been publicizing on my social media as well i, I, I was relentless in finding another solution to this that wasn't um medicine based so i i, I seeked out uh a fantastic acupuncturist who specializes, who has, uh, according to the Google reviews, shout out to Google, <laughs> has like a hundred percent success rate in curing depression organically, and just, and that's been, she's finding finding the acupuncturist has been such a blessing, and like for for you to just to continue to take risks, yeah, um, just like just like that Kobe episode or the the Elena Morale episode, going going moving forward with my mental health, moving forward with the business you know, moving forward academically, like all these things, like so many people, in my opinion, will, will say one thing, but their actions reflect another. And this time has really exposed those people in the same way that this offseason has exposed James Harden. <laughs> you know, like, so you can talk all this talk, but then you want to have time to build a business, to start a side hustle, to do X, Y, and Z. But over the last nine months, we had a lot of time. And this is also speaking from, I would like to acknowledge my privilege as well as how Brandon acknowledged his privilege. Like, in my opinion, if you haven't taken steps towards something or gotten better at something, then this has been, yeah, what else do you take away from this time other than survival? Like, which is huge. Yeah. But like this has been the ultimate opportunity to get better at something yeah something so yeah i i reflected on that too like it took me a it took me a while um to really put it together mm -hmm. like in the in march i'm thinking about march we had just finished um our run at nationals in ottawa we came back mm I think we landed on like the Sunday or something. And then boom, all of a sudden the next weekend, it was that Thursday, go bear <laughs> positive and like everything started, like, hard started to fall, right. Things started to happen. And uh, it was just so easy. Things were getting shut down left, right and center. My classes were moving online. I was teaching from home. I was taking classes from home. Um, the class I taught in the spring was from home. Like everything was just so centered around my home and I didn't, like a lot of people didn't really know how to live in that world. And I just, Oh, it's like, I'll play video games. It's just so easy. Right. I can put up my writing. I have so much time to do it now. Right. Um, and it did take a while for me to make that change and be like, okay, like I, I need to be productive in this space and start to make things happen. And I, you know, I'm paying the price um, in some areas where I'm behind on deadlines because I took the time for granted and I wasn't, 
using foresight and being like, okay, this is really an opportunity for me. It took me a while to come to that space where, you know, I should be using this time. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, we did an exercise yesterday um, with the kids in our program of like, hey, they have three weeks off now, right? We, we tried to, yesterday, we tried to be intentional about, okay, let's set some goals. Like what are three goals um, that you're going to try and accomplish over the break? And I think the exercise wasn't like, I need to learn a new language. It was more in the sense of like, Hey, let's start to recognize being intentional with our time. Yep. Right. Even if it's like, you know, I use the example of like, I want to sleep more or I want to get through a, a series of a television show. It's, it's the actual intentional act of saying, this is a goal. I'm going to achieve it. What does that look like? Um, because even sitting down and watching four seasons of friends, like it takes a little bit of resilience to be able to sit down (laughs) in three weeks and, and, and be able to make that happen. So, you know, it's just, I think it's just about recognizing, Hey, like, was that a real goal, by the way, that one of the, one of the athletes conveyed? It was one of the examples that I use. I, uh, no one, that is their goal, (laughs) but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody was like, their favorite tv show is like brandon said i could do it so i'm gonna do it yeah 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 as long as you're they're doing they're doing other things throughout the three weeks that can be one of the one of the goals for yeah sure. i mean to me it, it didn't really matter what the goal was per se the the more important part was that they were setting a goal yeah and that they were gonna they wrote you know yeah. i'm gonna achieve this by when what do i need to achieve this once i've achieved this then what how yeah. am i gonna build on this because i think it's that habit, hopefully, um, that if I can be intentional in helping them with, you know, they won't need me to set goals. They won't need me to help manage their time. They won't need me to communicate information because hopefully I'm setting them up with tools uh, where they can do that stuff on their own. Yeah, sure. There's also, let me know if you interrupt at any time, if you feel like you disagree with this concept. I think there's a, there's a pretty big difference between passive and an active goal though like watching friends versus learning language those are the two examples that you gave and i think with the with the pause on professional sports i really did a lot of thinking on how many hours am i spending in the arena of other people's lives Mm. versus how many hours am i spending in the arena myself like how many I, I, I don't regret a single minute of watching Los Angeles Lakers basketball throughout the years. But, you know, how, you know, how the iPhone gives you your daily, your weekly screen time, right? If, if I were to have a report on the amount of hours I've spent watching NBA basketball and overseas soccer, that's probably like at least 15% of my 28 years on this earth. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, like that's that's a passive goal for me, and I think it's great that a, an athlete or human can still have that commitment because it, it does show commitment that I've watched the Lakers for twenty three years of my life, mm-hmm. or sorry, twenty one years coming up. But then, how do we how do we relay that commitment to something that can impact you directly, right? I, yeah, I, think- I I would just say. Um it's what you intend to do with what you gain from that experience that matters. Mm-hmm. So yep. in the example of like learning a language, like learning a language is cool, but if you never speak or intend to do something with that skill, it's irrelevant. Yeah. Right. Like you've just learned a language in the same way that you've watched 10 seasons of friends. But if you take yeah. that time of watching 10 seasons of friends and now all of a sudden you have ideas about how to interact with people, or you've got a different idea of how to approach a, particular conversation or you had an idea about something and you act on it you know that makes that time worth it to me like sometimes i'm like i watch a lot of tech videos on youtube or i watch a lot of videos about trucks and cars and like i have a lot of different little hobbies and interests Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm self-justifying these actions and this time spent because i'm learning so much Mm -hmm. about so many different fields i'm learning about being outside in different environments and what it takes to survive and where you can be Um, or I'm learning about different technologies, which we use every day. And now all of a sudden I can engage at a different level. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, we've had conversations about the stock market and like, I'm spending time engaging and learning about the stock market. And now all of a sudden I have knowledge in that area. 
So to me, it's like, it only matters if I then act on what I've spent time learning. So um, yeah, I would say the goal itself is, is of less importance in my opinion. Um, so much is like, okay, once I've accomplished that, then what am I doing? Right. I've handed out my homework. Does it just end? Or am I going to continue these habits that got me to this place yeah. and allow them to push me forward? That's what I think is the most important thing. And also like, I've been really blessed with like this almost like one percentile memory of I'm able to recall something, even if we didn't watch those two episodes um, that we've done in the last two years, I've, I would be able to recall pretty specific portions of that conversations that resonate with me. That's one of the, the, the gifts that have been bestowed. But for everyone else or for the other 99% of the population, I think it's important to be like, what's the application piece, like you said, right? Like um, Steve Jobs, uh, rest in paradise, Steve, he said that one of the, even though school wasn't at the forefront for him because he had all these grander ideas in mind, he said that he took one thing from like a first year coding software class mm-hmm. that served as the entire foundation of the first Mac, which turned the trajectory of his company and his life around. So like, like, you, like you say, nothing ever goes to waste. Even if all you take from all from binging friends over the holiday break is how to interact with your friends at a higher level. It's something as small as that. Just leave nothing on the table in terms of leave no situation empty-handed, metaphorically and physically. Mm-hmm. So whatever your takeaways, I think like challenge yourself on what am I getting from this? And then then the second step of that for me, if I were to make a little worksheet would be what am I getting from this? And then how am I going to apply this after these three weeks? Mm-hmm. And I would say an acceptable answer to the friends example. I just love friends. So I'm using friends. Yeah. Um, an acceptable answer is like, I'm watching friends to rest and relax. Yes. And that's justifiable too. Yes, 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 I think yes. that's fine. Yeah. Um, LeBron sleeps 10 hours a night, right? So like rest is... Yeah, I, you know, at, at the high level, even for the best, one of the best athletes in the world. Yeah, you need to take time. I mean, if there's anything I learned in my four years doing a recreation degree, it's uh, it's that leisure and taking time for yourself, you know, exponentially important. Um, but then it's just recognizing like, hey, I'm taking time off to, to rest. This is my rest time. And now I'm going to spend time doing something else, right? Mm-hmm. If productivity is also a value. So let's wrap this up here for the for the sake of our listeners as, as we go on a little bit longer than we had projected, but that's okay because this, these, these are just, we're giving people a peek into our friendship of all these years, almost a decade now. And this is just what we do. And I'm very happy to upload a longer episode than is projected. And that's totally cool. Um, since you take me through that, take me through that exercise then. Let's, let's end off on one goal that we have for each other over for yourself that you want to share with each other over the, the holiday break? Um, I mean, my goal is just to build Lego like a madman. Awesome. Have, have you bought a set? I, uh, I'm currently working through, I don't know. Maybe we can probably cut this if the uh, visual yeah. is as intriguing as, as uh, I hope, but I bought this Everything. Holy advent calendar. And it's really just sparked my, uh, enthusiasm into Lego, but no, my, my, my real goal is to, uh, I'm, I'm trying to finish my master's project, yep. um, so that I can officially end this chapter and actually transition into my PhD is something yep. that I've been trying to, to do for a while. And we're at this point, I feel like we're, um, at the final draft and I just got to put everything into one, like 85 page document and, uh, and send it off. So that's my goal is to put the finishing touches on that and, uh, and wrap up that chapter of my academic career. What's, what's your goal? I love that. I, I love, with all due respect to your master's, uh, the Lego was a lot more entertaining. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to the calendar. <laughs> um, my goal would be, we, we always talk about, we've talked a lot about environment, shark and the rabbits, all these great things. And with, um, with my own return to school, I'm currently filming live from the living room of my place at the moment, but too, um, I'm currently in the process this weekend of, and over the break, converting converting my, my sister's room who moved out 
in, into a recording studio slash workspace. So, you know, I've looked into, I've looked into co-op spaces like WeWork and all those different, uh, there's one that's local actually called Steveson Hub. Mm. That I would totally love to check out is in the village. They have like eight, nine desks for if I want to ever change up the environment. And I, I talked a lot to my cousin about this, who's very like, I think up here is like, more ideas and he's uh he's a mechanic so he's always about building so when i when i when i spoke with him he was just like you know why, why not just you're gonna be home for a while why not just build it like i can help you and i was like sure like like whatever i see as the, as the templates i love templates that i enjoy from like the from the we work uh floor plans that i that i want to use let's just let's just clear everything out from my sister's room and be like set yourself up for success and the episodes in uh episodes in 2021 could look very different we could have like we could have live animals we could have bat drops <laughs> who knows <laughs> the world is the world is <laughs> i mean i saw a little bit of a live animal in our backdrop today i think your cat was hanging out on the couch <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah she was very well behaved no uh well knock on wood no uh didn't climb on the table or make a meow or anything so it's good uh, i that's uh I'm not gonna turn the camera and show the rest of my space right now, but we're yeah, we're in the process of looking for more space, is what I'll say. And like our yeah. one bedroom apartment, the living room is like our everything room. Yeah. And uh yeah, I, I think having a dedicated space is is huge, right? It yeah. affords so many different possibilities. It's you get into that mindset of like getting into that space is your workspace. It's no longer your cross living space, eating space, yeah, do other things space. Um and that's also like another piece of privilege, right? I think a lot of people speak on like, oh, it's so awesome to, before we wrap this up, it's so awesome to work from home. And, you know, I love working from home, but you know, like that comes with the, that comes with the innate responsibility and the innate acknowledgement that you have a healthy home life and system and a yeah. place, right? A lot of people from, from a mental health and a physical health perspective, if you have difficult and challenging relationships, this has been uh, tumultuous time to put it at best. So. Yeah, one of the one of the things that we've been working and Tim Adams, our our fearless leader, uh, the executive director of Free Play for Kids, mm. he's fantastic. But one of the things that he's been hammering home is the stay home messaging only works if you have a safe home to go to. Yes, and it's so very easy, you know, for us people who come with a lot of privilege in a lot of different ways to forget that a lot of other people aren't in similar situations. And the mm -hmm. fact that, you know, I get to live in a one bedroom apartment um, is great. And the fact that I get to have, you know, a desk and a computer and a space to do this kind of mm -hmm. stuff is great. Um, but it's very easy to forget that a lot of people don't have that same opportunity. So yes, I appreciate you for recognizing the privilege because it exists. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, one of the parts from which we'll have to, redesign like since uh since uh, my sister has moved out it, it, right now it's her bed and a lot of kobe bryant sneakers like i don't want to publicly admit how many pairs of kobe bryant sneakers <laughs> <I have. laughs> but uh <laughs> probably the same amount of lego that you lego pieces that are on your beside you right now but the, like, that has to be fully reconfigured so i have some maybe downsides like, oh i don't want to downsize the collection yet but uh yeah, we'll have to figure something. I mean, that could be a little fun art project to organize them in some way that that could be your fun, cool backdrop. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for the, the 2021 holiday episode. Hopefully, actually, screw that. I, I hope that this is in person in 2021 <laughs> and we don't need, and I don't need to show off the, well, at some point, I'll have to show off the, the new and improved podcast background, which is, this is actually good that we're articulating this because uh, study, psych, psychological studies have shown that uh, when you articulate a goal publicly, you hold yourself accountable because other people now know about it. I, I could have just done some other things over the weekend, but now this is this is my task. <laughs> well, at the very least, I'm going to expect to see some kind of new studio at some point. And I'll be I'll be hitting at you. Hey, Gabe, where are those picture updates? What's going yes, on? Yes, yes. Please, please hold me accountable. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Anything else you uh, wanted to add to the audience before we uh, wrap up this part of our conversation, Mr. Brain? Um, no, I can't. I mean, while we're acknowledging spaces, I have to acknowledge these beautiful works of art that are behind me. 
um, which Christina made. So if anyone's wondering, like, oh, wow, where did you get those? Christina made them. So, wow. Uh, Is yeah, this supposed to be a reference? Same thing as, like, yin, yin, and the, yin and the yang kind of deal? I don't know if she had that much of a vision for it, but I think <laughs> <laughs> she... Looks good, though. Looks that's good. the one thing that she's really taken is, like, not only is our living room both of our offices, um, but it's also her art studio. So now wow. I, our space is, is now, uh, it's looking a lot nicer than if it was just me living here because there wouldn't be anything on the walls. It might yeah. be like a Ray Allen jersey. Just Ray Allen. How many you got? Uh, Ray Allen jerseys? Yeah. Just one. I've got, a, I've got a Ray Allen jersey. I've got a KD jersey. I've got a, I'm not going to go through my jerseys, but yeah, just one Ray Allen jersey. Oh, yeah. no, two. Two. I have two. I have a Celtics and a Sonics jersey. Awesome. Okay. For for all intents and purposes, you check in with me with this and my public challenge to Christina here. If she's if she get makes it to hour and a half of this conversation, <laughs> is uh would love to challenge her to make a Ray Allen painting. So for for my boy here, it'll be. Awesome. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think she would go near that. She would want to encourage that kind of behavior at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be the start of a dangerous rabbit hole. Well, Mr. Brandon, always a pleasure. Uh, looking forward to connecting with you in person whenever it's safe to do so very, very soon. We appreciate your time. Mr. That's so interesting. Brandon Brock, thanks for your time. Gabe, thank you so much for having me back on. Again, honor or privilege to be back again. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to see you in person. Thanks, man.